Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My mom's did a really good job at raising me like well to, for it to be like more normal and I feel like there's never really been different to other kids. I'm glad that she's proud as well. They've taught me not to put myself first uh, anymore, which I obviously used to. They've taught me to be a, a more kinder, considerate person. Families have two mums and a twin sister. Welcome, listener. Hello, my name is Lottie Jeffs, and this is... Stu Oakley. Hello. And we are the hosts of Some Families. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to us today. Some Families is an LGBTQ plus family podcast that aims to explore all aspects of queer parenting. So if you are a new listener, hello, welcome. And if you've been with us from the start, thank you for sticking with us. And this week, we've got an incredibly exciting episode. We are in the middle of Pride season. And we have a very special guest that is very important to the Pride community. We have Linda Riley, plus we have one of her lovely teenage twins, Sophia. Linda is the publisher of Diva magazine, which is a publication that is very close to my heart because it's where I cut my teeth as a journalist when I was but a a teenager um, writing for Diva. And I'm so thrilled that Diva magazine still exists. It's brilliant. And the editor is incredible. And Linda is the publisher. So I was really happy to talk to her because she's been somebody that has been in the periphery of my world for a long time now. And Linda as well as publishing Diva, um, runs a load of diversity events like the British Diversity Awards, the European Diversity Awards, the Rainbow Honours. She's really inspiring and she's always speaking out and fighting for LGBTQ plus rights and parenting rights. And whilst Linda is amazing and I love speaking to her, I think what's really special about Linda's interview and listening you'll get to hear is that we managed to get her teenage daughter along with her and it was really interesting hearing her point of view she has a very positive outlook as you'll hear I know that you listening out there have children potentially younger and want to know about what's going to happen in the future when they hit teenagers I know I'm thinking that I know you're thinking that as well Lottie Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I was really keen to ask Sophia what it was like having two mums and get some advice from the kids' perspective in that respect. Have a listen and we'll we'll catch up at the end. 
So thank you guys so much for being here and Sophia thank you particularly for being here because I'm sure you're probably supposed to be at school right now or some form of school or something and for listeners at home we have our first some families teenager on the show today Sophia who has two mums one of which is sitting next to her Linda Riley um, and Sophia what what's it like having two mums? I think it's actually quite cool and I think my school is quite like they're really supportive about that. They all also agree that I think, well, I, I haven't really had a dad, but I feel like having two mums, it's cool because a lot of people complain about their dad at my school and they say that they're annoying sometimes. And I guess I don't have to deal with that. And do you have any friends at school that uh, have two mums or two dads or is it, are you the only one in your school that you know of? I think I'm the only one that I know of, but there might, also be but I used to be friends with someone who wasn't in my school who also had two months. Did you ever feel like you were a bit different to other people or or were you always made to feel like it was just quite normal and lots of people had two mums, two dads, different kinds of families? My mum did a really good job at raising me like well to, for it to be like more normal and I feel like there's never really been different to other kids. Yeah, so Linda, was what, what kind of tools and, and how did you explain it to the girls growing up? Well, we, we, I don't think, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Sophia, um, I, I don't really think we absolutely went out of our way to explain it. It was just, as Sophia said, it was just part of the normal, it was just our life. Um, that's my other twin over there, she's uh, making a little bit of noise in the background. I didn't use any tools, so we always spoke about it, you know, we told the children, um, or IVF children, and we told them uh, very, very early. I think the, the, the difficulty was when they were, you know, when they first got started going to school, they had to explain it to their friends, so whereas they thought it was quite a regular way to be, uh, then they had to explain it to their friends over and over again. And I think that's where it got maybe slightly difficult because they didn't see any problems with it. Would, would I be right in saying that? Or mm-hmm. did, did your friends at school understand, you know, previously? Uh, yeah, definitely. Basically the same for whoever I told. And most people just knew anyway and didn't really mind. Do you have any advice for my daughter who has two mums as well? She's only two at the moment, so she's got a while to go. But if you met her, what do you think you'd say to her about sort of starting school and talking about her family? Well, I just tell her she shouldn't be like nervous or embarrassed about it or anything. I I think you should just be proud of it and like proud that that's a part of you. You have two mums and I think she shouldn't feel at all like she's different or anything because it's basically the the same. Thank you so much. That's so nice to hear. That's lovely. You must be really proud, Linda, to have brought up two amazing young women. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really proud. And to hear Sophia, because it's not something we really talk about a lot at home because it's so much part of everyday life. So to hear her talking like this to other people, it's really, it's quite emotional for me and I, I am very, very oh. proud. And I'm glad that she's proud as well. Tell us tell us about your uh, YouTube channel. Oh, so uh, it's like an animation channel where I just do like short, different stuff, like stories that I animate. How can we find it? What should we look for if we wanted to look it up? It's called Sophia Studios and it's on YouTube. Are there many others your age? 
doing what you're doing in um, terms of animation? So not really. I found it kind of tough to find proper inspiration because while there are older girl animators, there are none around my age. When I'm finding people around my age doing it on YouTube, I can't really find any that are girls. They're all like boys, which kind of makes it hard for me to think that other people have done it before, which makes me think that I need to try to be the first pe person so other people also can think like I can do this as well. You're a trailblazer. Do you feel, um, Sophia, that you've got a different kind of relationship with both of your mums? Do you go to one mum for one type of thing and one mum for another? Yeah, kind of like they, I like them both like a lot for different things. I'd like to go to talk to them both. And they've got very different personalities. So I feel like whatever I want, I can always go to at least one of them and talk to them about it. Do you have one that's a bit more embarrassing as a mum than the other one? Um, or are they equally embarrassing? Well... <laughs> Ashoka, you go ahead and speak um, freely. May maybe there's one that's a little bit more embarrassing than the, the other. Um, yeah, but they, they, they are both slightly embarrassing actors. <laughs> I, think, I think she may be... Uh, very, uh, to put it delicately, she may be talking about me being the more embarrassing mum. <laughs> very tactfully done, Sophia, well done. We're in the middle of Pride season at the moment, but we're in the middle of a lockdown Pride season. What will you be all doing as a family to, to mark the occasion? Because of the lockdown, we've had more time out of school to spend time with our other mum here. So we've been like going around to her house two more days a week, which is more than before. So I think it's giving us opportunities to hang out with her more and do, so we've been like going out doing some activities a bit, like occasionally. Nice. Uh, with, with regards to Pride, you haven't been to Pride for the last couple of years because I took them very, very early, you know, probably from the first year they were born. So they were doing so many Prides. I would almost say at 13 that they're prided out. Would you say that? Maybe. <laughs> they're like, they're like, no, no more prides, mum. Do you say you've got some good memories of prides? Yeah, I'm glad I got to like go to those events and like see that stuff that some kids don't really get to go out and do because their parents don't really take them and show them that stuff. What's your favourite thing about it? Some things I do find a bit boring when my mum are just like kind of talking to people and I just sit there. She's like, she's like, why do all these people want to talk to my mum? You know, like, she's really like, not that interesting. I think you'll find the older you get as well, Sophia, you'll realise how interesting your mum is. And, I, and, you know, Lottie said that, Linda, you must be very proud of Sophia, but Sophia, you must be very proud of your mum because she does a lot for the LGBTQ plus community, which is why Pride is so important. And, and Linda, do you have any advice for any other parents who are in lockdown of what potentially they could do this pride to kind of instigate some change? Because everybody is at home is to try and have a pride if you like get together by Zoom and talk especially with children and uh, because you know one of the things I did early on is I started out with the family which was uh, an event do you remember to go to some events there Regent Park Zoo so what was very, very important at uh, an early age for the children, and I would say this during Pride as well, is to try and locate, you know, um, through, through various networking groups, other people, other parents, and set up a Zoom party, because I do think it's very, very important that other children, as they're, as they're growing up, see that there are lots of other, you know, same-sex parents around, you know?
as Sophia said, we don't have many friends our age because obviously that was quite early on in the same-sex parenting journey when we had children. But I think now this is changing. And, and one thing I think that we really miss in our, in our lives is having other friends with, with kids their age. It's not too bad because we have twins, you know, so they've kind of got each other. They're, they're a great support uh, network to each other on the rare occasion if, if somebody was to say something to them they've obviously got each other and that, that gives them a lot of strength. Would you agree with that? Or? Yeah, I would, because it's a lot better to have someone like your age and like who is also going through the same thing that you can always talk to. That must be so nice. Do you get on well with your sister? Most of the time, yes. Are you very different? Yeah, we have a lot of things that are different, but also a lot of things that are the same, like growing up in like the same household and schools. That's why we always get along a bit because we have the same kind of interests with some yeah. things. But then we also have also different things in our personality as well. Some families have two mums and a twin sister. Well, that's why we wanted to, to, to speak to you, Sophia, as well, because there's a lot of our listeners who are in a similar situation to your mums and you know, children who are very young, like Lottie's, and 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 like my my own children, and they they want to look ahead to the future. So we really thank you so much for for coming on and speaking to us. We were talking then about the fact that you had your twins thirteen years ago now, I guess, and maybe things were different then. Can you pinpoint just a few of the what you see as the biggest differences of what you experienced as lesbian parents then to what you maybe have friends who are just having children now are experiencing? Yeah, I would say that the world wasn't really um, used to it. It was very, very difficult. Every time we, we would have to come out a lot, for example, and people wouldn't understand. Uh, like when we went to pick up the kids from school, they would say, I would say, I'm the mum. And they would say, oh, but we met the mum yesterday, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but they have two mums, you know, so it was constantly uh, coming out. Now, I could be wrong, but what I what I see now is that, is that people understand more. I mean, Lottie, you might be able to tell me with a two-year-old if uh, you think that that's any different, or do you still feel you have to come out? I feel like people get it in that situation where if I was to say, oh, I'm her mum, and they'd already met her other mum, I think people would do the mental work to just think, oh, she's got two mums, and to probably not say, Oh, but hang on, I met her mum. So I think that it's still unusual for people, but I think people are familiar enough now with it as a possibility that they, they try a bit harder to understand, yeah. So that's exactly how I feel. I feel like it, it, it is easier, you know. I do feel uh, the school that they're at as well, it, it, it's easier. But what I do feel is, is my kids are 13, 14. That's why I was uh, very interested in doing this show because I know there are, there are so many thousands of same-sex parents now kind of looking at, at people with the older children to, you know, just to check out how it is really, you know, because mm. there are a lot of worries uh, when you're a same-sex parent. Like, you know, you worry, um, are you bringing troubles to your children, etc. On the rare occasions that my kids... Um, have had uh, trouble at school, homophobic abuse. You might have seen the DIVA survey that we did earlier this year. Uh, one of the standout things of that was 36% 
of LGBTQ women uh, parents said their children had been homophobically abused. Now, that is quite an upsetting statistic. Somebody actually asked me in an interview, has that changed from 10 years ago? Well, the problem is, is there weren't those kind of statistics. Nobody had ever done uh, surveys like that before. So I hope, you know, Lottie, say for you in 10 years time, when you're doing an interview and uh, just looking at surveys, statistic is lowered considerably, you know? Would you be happy to share some of the examples that you've had of the, the homophobia you've experienced? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't really been too much. I mean, I'm not sure how much my children uh, tell me sometimes because I'm, I'm such a rebel, if you like. So as soon as I hear something, I'm off down the school, like, you know, really nipping it in the bud because I think that's really important. The two times it really stood out for me, once was when they were young children and they had nannies because we were both working and um, they had a birthday party I think the kids maybe two or three and one of the there was a group of nannies there was about six children together they all hung out together and and, and my children were having a birthday party and when the, the the people found out that she was taking their child to a lesbian's house for a birthday party they said to the nanny you can't take that child to that house you know it was out and out homophobia and it was like uh, fortunately my, t my children were really really young and didn't know any of this were going on but what was empowering about that and, and actually sad for the for the for the child of heterosexual parents was that all the nannies got together and said I'm sorry but we can't hang out with you because if you don't want us to you know have Phoenix and Sophia as part of this little group we don't want to be we don't want to see you anymore unfortunately there the child of the heterosexual parent was kind of ostracized mm. uh, because of her parents homophobia but it but it was very empowering that the allies stood together in this way so that was a, that was a really good example i mean we were totally shocked we've never sort of experienced uh, somebody saying they wouldn't come to our house because of uh, we were lesbians god that, i just don't know how i would react if that happened to me especially as you spend as a queer parent you spend the majority of your days and weeks and months of just parenting and you just pack on and just get on with it but then I suppose suddenly just have that in your in your face it must have been very it must have been very upsetting for you and your wife but amazing that you say how powerful allies can be especially within you know amongst other straight parents or straight nannies in that case Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And Linda, are we right in thinking that you um, would identify as the other mother, so the, the mum that didn't carry the, the twins yourself? I think the terminology at the time was non-biological mother. Unfortunately, at the time that I had the children with my partner who carried the, the twins, we, we weren't married. So what we didn't know then was we then married afterwards and I had to adopt the children, even though we'd gone to IVF myself. I believe the law has changed, but what I have to go through in life now is... Uh, being stigmatised, if you like. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being an adoptive mother, but the fact is, is that I was there from the conception, but yet I am labelled as an adoptive uh, mother, you know, which is uh, very, very difficult. And language is so powerful, isn't it? I think people sometimes underestimate the, the emotion that is attached to words and the words that we use to describe people. And I can totally understand how that's just not the right word for you and it doesn't express your experience of motherhood and I can understand that that using that kind of feels like it's diminishing something in some way and so I, I personally feel like on a bit of a crusade to make sure that the language around queer parenthood is right for the individual that we're talking about we're talking to absolutely and the other thing is is that people seem to think it's all right to come along and ask you all the time you know very very personal questions like did are you the biological mother and i you know i i get a little bit agitated because i'm like what does it matter do you know what i mean why is it so important but it feels it's really important for people who don't really know you to kind of want to know who carried the babies and who didn't carry the babies. And, you know, as you know, when you're a parent, you know, that bonding makes you the parent, you know. Mm. I suppose we're still so preconditioned in this kind of heteronormative view of parenting that the only way people can understand parenting roles, and I suppose I'm guilty of it myself, is to kind of want to know, well, who carried the child and who's the other one it's like we still have to ask those questions because it makes people fit into the boxes that society has created for us but you're right you know why should why should that even be a question yeah we've had we've had some great feedback actually from some straight parents that have listened to two families and actually who want to know more but maybe questions that they're afraid to ask or or just how to use the right terminology so I think that, again, will be really super helpful for, for anybody listening that is curious about how people should or should not, more importantly, be labelled. And what's it like being two mums that are now separated and not living together? Did you experience any that you're comfortable talking about legal issues when it came to custody and things like that? And also now, if you could talk a bit to the extent you're comfortable talking about it, about your relationship and how it works with having the kids at your houses? Well, it's been a difficult journey, let me tell you. I mean, I don't believe uh, any any separation is easy, but um, because it happened when the children were quite young, 
Hello, my, my daughter's listening there and smiling. Um, because it happened when the children were quite young, they've always been used to their being separate households, which is really, really good. I've been very, very fortunate with my ex-wife, who was, as we said earlier, the biological mother, often from people that I've heard about when they separate from the partner who carried the child there's often big big problems and, and I I never went through those problems at all so I was very very lucky but co-parenting as Sophia said earlier Sarah my ex and I we've got very very different personalities you know so it's, we're always having to negotiate and uh, come to agreements on how we're bringing them up you know but it, it's about keep talking and, and working it out you know and I guess that's a great piece of advice for anybody who unfortunately might be in a situation that they're facing you know a separation I mean my biggest bit of advice would be when you first meet you fall in love and it's all you know hunky-dory and lovely it all feels good but if you're looking at having children you know get the paperwork sorted out you know because you never know what's going to happen you know you really don't so I would say really ensure that you're both have equal rights in the situation and that you know there's no way that one of you are going to left get left behind I, I really do hear some um horror stories, of pet, especially of people maybe before my time that had had children and, and then non-biological parents and they don't even see the child they had. So I would say, you know, prepare yourself legally, both of you, you know. I think that's probably sensible advice. What's it like being a parent to teenage girls? Well, um, that's not easy. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a journey, but it's it's a fun journey. I think that with me, especially with my work, I love the work that I do and I'm well respected. And then you sort of come home and then your kids are rolling their eyes at you, you know, like you're the most embarrassing person in the world, you know. So I just accept that's the stage that they're going through, you know, and um, people say to them, aren't you proud of your mum, for example, and they sort of like roll their eyes, like, you know, because they're, they're teenagers with attitudes, you know what I mean? So um, mm. I'm very lucky I've got two absolutely adorable children even if I say so myself so uh, have they taught you anything I mean beyond how to use TikTok which I'm just presuming they will have taught you have they taught you anything about yourself they've taught me not to put myself first uh, anymore which I obviously used to they've taught me to be a, a more kinder considerate person I think going back to when I had them I would say that my life was quite hedonistic if you like you know just uh, really into going out partying and discos and, and, and whatever I even say discos now that's how old I am but I think that they you know think more about the future and a lot of the work that I do I'm thinking about the future I'm thinking about their future you know so definitely taught me to be more considerate you know and they are they're, they're quite woke my kids you know like if I buy the wrong kind of food they kind of tell me off and you know so they're they're teaching me to look at things I never used to look at you know is there a stage where it's actually easy with kids where like because <laughs> me and Stu are both in the toddler stage which is obviously really hard and then the teenage stage is hard but I'm kind of holding on to the hope that maybe like seven eight nine ten is like quite easy yeah, that is quite easy, but it's almost like when they come out of that stage, you're like, oh, you know, where my, like, butter wouldn't melt in my mouth, kids, you know, like, they, they sort of vanish, but, you know, the kids are 13, they're nearly 14, I, I you know, I, they're not that bad, it's, you know, you just, uh, they're just teenagers, you know, and they're, 
it's just lovely. I mean, it's beautiful having them, so I'm really happy. I think there's this there's this period where you have to let go because one thing that my kids always say to me is, "Mum, we're not kids anymore," you know, and I'm sort of getting out of the mindset that you know that they're they're still you know they're young adults now. I read something as well, Linda. I wanted to ask you going back to when you were first, you and your wife were first looking at uh, starting a family, and I read something about that when you phoned up an adoption agency and the response that they had to you and when you first tried that many years ago basically we phoned up um should i say who it was because you know or should we just say a council i think maybe a council okay but maybe it was a few years ago so hopefully they've moved on a bit I think they have actually because I remember them advertising in the gay press uh, recently and I was like (laughs) 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 when I phoned you up do you know what I mean so that's a that's a positive change we're interested in adopting we're a gay couple um and they said we don't do your kind here and put the phone down you know like it was like that I mean they had time I think they had started some councils had started adoptions already for gay parents but Obviously, the person that I got on the phone, sometimes your front of house staff, they're not really in line with policies because they bring their personal beliefs into it. But yeah, it was a, yeah, it was kind of off-putting. But, you know, what I'm really pleased about is that when I tell stories like this, it seems such a long time ago. And I just don't think things like that happen anymore. Well, hopefully they don't. I mean, but still fairly don't. recent, you know, fairly recent history and, you know. Think it shows the steps that have that have, t- have been taken in the last x amount of years but still a lot more to do as well and am i right in thinking linda i'm i might have misremembered this but i remember from years ago seeing something you posted about having some difficulty traveling with your kids going was that you going to america or something somebody gave you a really hard time once that was right. That was right. I was talking about this with Phoenix yesterday, but um, basically it was really, we would travel uh, to the States when they were young, you know, before they went to school. We went through customs we would, and it happened a few times. We went through America, we went through the customs and we would stand together, me and Sarah and the two kids in the, you know, in the customs line. And the customs officer, you know, you have to give these forms before the machines, you know. And they said, what's going on? And I was like, we're two mums and two kids, uh, married in the UK, everything. And they went, no, I'm sorry, you have to stand in separate lines. We don't recognise you as family here. So they would basically ask who the biological mum was and, you know, and, and separate us. So I'd be standing in the queue uh, a few um, feet away from my children, you know. It was uh, oh, quite tough. Because, so hurtful. Uh, yeah, it was, it was very hurtful. Um, and particularly if they were older and then your kids are sort of seeing that and seeing you being treated yeah. like that must be so confusing for the children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was quite, you know, they were quite young. They just got off a long flight. They were kind of toddlers, but knew what was going on enough to know that some big security man was coming over and saying, you know, you can't stand with your children, mm. basically. Yeah. I, I'm hoping things like this don't happen anymore. It's funny because ever since reading that, I've, when I had my daughter, I've always travelled with her birth certificate and all of the, the, just any paperwork I've got because I'm so paranoid that I'm, that something like that's going to happen to me. 
as her non-biological mother and that I, I'm going to be in trouble or they're going to, I don't know. I think it's nerve-wracking at the best of time for parents travelling, but I think definitely as queer parents, it adds another level sometimes. I mean, I had, when we went with the kids to America last year and they still had their, their birth name on their passport. So we were effectively two men travelling with two children with different names on the passport and we we went with like a book of information that we were ready to like bring out at any point and it never happened nobody batted an eyelid nobody said anything and it was all fine but it was that feeling of needing to be prepared and that nervousness about it and I mean and you say Linda you hope things are not gonna happen anymore but the way things are going in America I don't know if you know things will start peddling backwards at any time soon I'm planning on a presidential change in my mind. I mean, I, I do believe there's some states that have stopped uh, LGBT adoption recently, haven't they? In Philadelphia, they've been able to turn away uh, LGBT adopters. Yeah. Well, potentially, I think they're, they're campaigning to be able to, but uh, the fact that that's even being heard and being discussed is, uh, is, a, is a huge thing. Yeah. Well, Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show. I said to your daughter earlier that she was a trailblazer with her animation, but actually you've been a real trailblazer as well for the community and for queer parenting. So thank you for everything you've done and for telling your story because it's, um, it's really helped, I think. So thank you. My pleasure. Well, I think as all of the kids of um, queer parents that we've had on the show, it's just so reassuring that she's so articulate and assorted and absolutely not an issue, you know? Like, I think, I think it's us that have the issue and we think our kids are going to be struggling in some way and it's just great to hear that they're not. And it was almost like, oh, embarrassing. Why are you even asking that question? Like, which I love. She was just totally absolutely not plussed about it at all I wonder if that's a universal parenting subject rather than being a particular queer one in the sense of you always fear that your children are either going to think the worst about their surroundings or be put in situations where they're not going to be able to handle themselves Whereas actually they can be pretty bloody resilient and like you say just kind of crack on with it I think that's exactly it I think we probably really underestimate our kids and how they will be able to handle themselves in the world I think that all we can do is as we said before on this show you know give them the confidence and the words and the language and the chutzpah I guess to go out and face whatever they're going to face in the world but I've just come to the understanding that whatever I'm worried about for my daughter is not going to be the thing that I should be worried about. It's going to be something else. So in a way, there's no point worrying about it because I'll be faced with it at the time and it will be what it is and we'll get over it. So I think sometimes as queer parents, as we've spoken about, Stu, you know, you can think, oh, they're going to get bullied for having two mums or two dads, but it, it they might get bullied. It might be for that. It might be for something else entirely. And you know, we have to trust that we are creating solid and stable human beings who can just handle it. Yeah, as long as we give them the tools and as long as we give them 
the conversation points and as long as we do everything we can to empower them in that way then that's all we can do and like you say mm. I think it's a natural state as a parent to worry but it, and so it's hard to say don't worry but perhaps we do need to to all take a step back and just stop worrying so much I think particularly as as gay people that may or may not have been bullied at school ourselves I don't know about you Stu but I kind of had a hard time at school like I wasn't wasn't directly bullied for being gay but I definitely was made to feel like I didn't fit in and I wasn't the same kind of girl as other girls and I was never entirely happy at school and I did I did have a hard time and I, I did struggle so I think it's and my wife did too so I think for us you know we don't want the legacy of that to hang over our daughter like she should just start afresh and she will have an entirely different experience she will and it will be completely different all our children you know again our collective children that we have <laughs> together Lottie well you know they they will have a completely different experience and it may be good it may be bad but I think all we can do is support them through it and and just be there for when they need us absolutely I, and also for you know Sophia to be as strong as she is and as as confident as she is I mean it sounds like from Linda that they did you know come across some quite you know when the children were younger some quite severe you know homophobia against them which yeah the is, thing with the nannies was mind-blowing insane and 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 even back to when they were first starting up at their family and they're speaking to the adoption agency saying we don't deal with your kind is just it just shows the the leaps and bounds we've made in the last you know few and, and how lucky we are to be queer parents in this day and age and to to really have the tools and the understanding around us to to raise these amazing little people and 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 kind of speaking on that it's it's pride we are in the middle of pride season as we said at the top of the show what are you it gonna is do, Lottie, well aside from wearing my new rainbow hued watch strap which i've been wearing with pride um i can see that lottie is modeling it now she looks like as confirmed she is stepping out of an editorial shoot as <laughs> i feel like i have dressed like i've come to, gone to pride today i mean like a ripped off vest top a chain short shorts and a pride bracelet i feel like <laughs> i'm living my best lesbian life today speaking of that my son was wearing his favorite dress today and he was making a birthday card for my sister and got the glitter out and it went all over him and it's been over him all day so he has also looked like he has been afraid <laughs> a great uh, night today of he has got the dress he's got the glitter and he's got the smile i am sad that there won't be a parade this year because i might have taken my daughter for the first time and i think she would have really really enjoyed it how are you gonna recreate that at home are you even going to try? I've given this a lot of thought, actually. And I mean, we have a lot of fun at home anyway, in the sense of, you know, dancing around to Kylie or you know, my son's obsessed with the new Cartwright song. And every time it comes on, his eye literally light up and he gets so excited. And we do things that to have fun all the time. I think what I've been thinking about, and you kind of touched upon this in our chat 
you know, with Dustin, is I want to use this opportunity, especially as we're locked in, to work out how I can not only speak to them about diversifying, you know, their knowledge of of both queerness and also black and BAME communities and and make them understand from a from a, a young mind point of view about racism to, to so they understand it and that they can articulate it properly in the future and understand it and support everyone is how I can how I can do that from home and actually I've had a I, I actually opened up a really interesting conversation with my daughter's school about the types of books that they have in the school library mm. and I also shared links with there's an amazing organization called Diversity Role Models um, and they have an in-home learning pack especially designed for, for the time of coronavirus um, about how you can teach your children about diversity at home and from the ages of three right way up to secondary school so I've also shared that with like our you know parenting whatsapp group from the school how has that been um received Stu when you've sent really those well messages? really well and also really well but also it felt like everyone was kind of crying out for it a bit like they wanted the tools to be able to speak to their children about diversity and about different families but they didn't necessarily know where it was. So being able to share it and go, hey, here it is, felt like it was really welcomed and it's something mm. that they had been actually looking for. Yeah, I actually feel like I need to start talking to my daughter about straight people. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because she's so um, she so understands two mummies and two daddies. And now I'm like, oh, I really need to remind her that some people have a mummy and a daddy as well. <laughs> so I'll be taking the Pride weekend to talk to my daughter about the existence of heterosexual parents. Nice. In, in the spirit Teach of her. true diversity. <laughs> Teach her about the heteros. It's an interesting point because mm. she, this is what she's grown up with as her normal. So, you know, we have some friends, another lesbian couple who have a, a son the same age as my daughter and she just gets it when she sees them she says oh he has two mummies too you know she really understands the parenting dynamic but she hasn't really come across and particularly because we've been in lockdown and we haven't been socializing um she hasn't really seen as many examples of different types of parenting mm. as we would have maybe liked so just yeah I think it's going to be important to keep talking to her and showing her different examples of what parents can look like um so yeah we'll, we'll probably be doing that this pride and probably just like listening to Lady Gaga's new album and my daughter's favorite song which is Scissor Sisters Let's Have a Kiki which we didn't even push on her she chose that song and it is the gayest anthem in the world so um we'll probably be dancing to that quite a bit i love it oh lottie i wish we could come around and dance to yes you. well you can now with the new rules it's just you're a bit far away yeah should we come and dance outside the window or in the garden yeah <laughs> just and just have come and dance time. in our garden so wherever you are this pride and whatever stage of your parenting journey you are at we see you we've got you and we are there in spirit celebrating with you
happy pride listener and if you're not already please do follow us on social we are at some families pod on insta twitter and facebook so thank you very much everyone and goodbye from me happy pride bye bye goodbye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.